Hi, I'm Alice Zhao. I'm Curtis Herbert. And I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us talk about our efforts to make a living from the mobile and web. So for the last couple months, I've kind of switched into what I'll call learning mode. <laughs> uh, and it's probably something I should have been doing all this time and more That's frequently. That's the indie motto, <laughs> what I should have been doing all along. <laughs> Exactly, yep. exactly. But I've kind of been on this like learning binge, I guess you would say. And I kind of wanted to just have a conversation about how we're doing our best <laughs> to to keep in the loop or stay out, stay on top of the news and trends. And I don't know, how, how do we learn to run our businesses better, which might be a little heavy, but <laughs> I don't, is it is it that like I mean, as people who run a business, you kind of want to be always trying to figure out how to run it better. So, that's not that heavy. Okay. okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's a thing. That's a thing we should be doing. Should. Should. Yeah. We should have been doing it all along. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like marketing. Oh, yeah. That too. <laughs> so, I've been reading a couple books lately. Um, and the first one I read was Sprint by Jake Knapp. And that one's kind of interesting because it's... I think the tagline is how to solve big problems in five days or something like that. It's a really quick read and it basically, you're trying to just prototype, you're asking yourself a question and then you prototype it really quickly and then run a test or get and get some feedback. So you're trying to go in the right direction. But I think the biggest problem coming from that was that all these methods um, that he mentions kind of apply to a cross-functional team. And most of us are just a one or two person team. Yeah. Mm. I've been trying to figure that one out. So I wanted to know what else you guys have been doing to learn. <laughs> well, so on the topic of book, I guess this is more, I mean, it's weird because when you're an indie, improving you is technically improving your business. So from that approach, <laughs> um, nice. one book that I've been, that I was reading recently that was pretty interesting was, uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport. Um, and it's the idea of, if you've ever heard the term flow, like, you know, programmers, when we get in the zone, mm. finding ways to cultivate that. And some thesis is around the idea of, in our modern era, we're very addicted to fast information, you know, things like Twitter or checking our mm. RSS feed all the time, stuff like that. And how that can be almost harmful to training our brain to really be able to focus on those moments of deep work on getting into flow on being able to spend three hours focused on a single task. And that's something mm -hmm. I noticed that I was struggling with over the past year or so, maybe. Um, so for my business, I kind of realized that that was a pain point that I probably needed to address to find some way to get kind of get my groove back uh, when it came to really being able to focus and tackle the hard problems that I needed to tackle. Um, so that's something I've been kind of interested in over the last maybe month or two. Uh, and I found that book pretty interesting to read. Oh, cool. I haven't been reading any books. I don't, I'm not a huge reader, but I have been trying to, like, as you said, improving yourself is improving your business. I have been trying to do that a little bit by, you know, trying to improve the, my habits and my personal stuff. One of the things that I've been doing lately is making sure that I exercise regularly. And so I've got, I've, you know, I've got an alert and a reminder to make sure that I get up and do a half an hour of exercise, you know, three times a week or whatever. Which, you know, that's taking me away from, it's taking me away from, you know, the, the computer and the code and that sort of stuff. But that, that can actually be good in multiple ways. Not only just the fact that, you know, I'm also theoretically improving my health, maybe, 
Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Getting old sucks. Just saying. Just putting that out there. <laughs> I'm not that old. I'm, I am. <laughs> I'm a little bit old. I like to think I'm young. <laughs> Part of um, what I've been doing this year is not necessarily improving myself, but trying to perhaps understand my product a little bit better. Um, and that's actually to actually learn more languages <laughs> actively. And so I've been doing that through podcasts. And that's kind of fun too. So like listening to podcasts in other languages or listening to podcasts that teach you other languages? Both, both. So I do, I, there's one that's, um, so I don't know French at all um, or barely know French. And I, I know high school Spanish. Um, and so I decided to pick up Learn French with Alexa. <laughs> that's a really great podcast. And that's, she starts at a super basic level. And so I started with that one that one's kind of fun and i listened to it in the car with my kids and so my kids are kind of uh learning along with me as well and then the other one i'm since i have my awesome high school spanish <laughs> which gets me nowhere i would say it's about in maybe a low intermediate level and so i found something called spanish obsessed which is more conversation based so it's two people who just have a conversation but at a very like or they're speaking at a more basic level and then you can have access to the transcripts and kind of follow along and i do a whole lot of googling or google translate for all the words <laughs> um but i thought it was kind of, of like a fun way to kind of get myself in the mindset e even though our typical learners are two between two and six years old i still wanted to be like part of it where i'm actively trying to learn several languages at a yeah. time and kind of just get in that mindset to be a power user i guess in a way well it's one of those things you doing the thing that your app tries to help other people do when you go through that process, you're not only learning the language, but you're learning what the difficult parts of learning a language are, at least for right. you. And you can you can kind of approach those differently. You know, I and I I try to do a lot of the same thing with not just like with I mean with GIF wrapped. I don't like go out and try and download GIFs all over the place, but I do. <laughs> I, I do. That just happens naturally. <laughs> that just kind of happens naturally. <laughs> and I'm not using other like I'm not necessarily using other people's apps for that sort of yeah. stuff. But I will try and like I will try and apply things that I learn from other people, other random random apps. Yeah. And see if I can apply those things within GIF wrapped to make that easier. And I, I think, I think that's a really important part of the kind of everyday learning of like, you know, you, you want to make your product better. One of the easiest things that you can do is try and identify things in other apps, in other processes, in completely separate things to apply to your product and make it better make it you know more fluid yeah, yeah exactly i wasn't necessarily i know curtis you love looking at your competition <laughs> but it's one thing i don't do so i was trying to approach it from like that point of view of i'm trying to understand my market but not through other products or other competing mm. products yeah that makes sense yeah you want to be you want to differentiate yourself and that is a danger if you're trying to look at your competition too much is that you'll just do what they do and at that point you're no longer yourself I more just do it for stress. I, I don't do it as a learning experience. <laughs> to, to relieve stress or to cause no, it? to cause it. To cause it. Um, the oh, the actual learning I do, I have a whole folder on my phone, Inspiration. Um, and those are apps, very much what you're saying, Jelly, just from a bunch of different
different domains, usually not mm. at all related to mine, of just trying to look for good user experience and how they're yeah. solving problems. And, you know, the idea of like, okay, you have an account page or something like that. How do you manage that? I don't have to look at a snowboarding app to figure that out. Right. right. You know, there are a lot of other apps that probably do that better. Um, so that that I'm usually looking more cross domain there just for, you know, inspirational ideas to make myself kind of a connoisseur of the app store as it were but i think that's part of the everyday learning that you have to do is just mm. kind of see what the trends are out there and learn from them yeah and you definitely don't need to look at just your competition for that you, you if you look at things that are in similar similar domains yeah. to yours like for me i mean gift wrapped is effectively a really weird photo app and so i have a tendency to look at a lot of photos yeah. apps and collections like things that do to do with collections and to some extent editing and stuff like that to try and bring that stuff in where it's where where I feel it's appropriate and it means that because I'm looking effectively outside of just my competition it means that I'm I'm bringing ideas into into that space then you know I'm basically stealing them from other people but <laughs> yeah. you know there's what what's that phrase you know good artists copy great artists steal <laughs> yeah no I I very much like it. for me I look at fitness apps you know any running app weightlifting app yeah, stuff like that, that things that sense. are very fitness focused I tend to spend a lot of time looking at those for ideas you know Nike plus is one that they usually have very good at least design uh, they piss off their users a lot when they redesign yeah, they do <laughs> uh, but they have a good design sense they have a good design style so I like looking at Nike plus a lot just for kind of that's kind of the direction I want to take slopes from an idea so I tend to use them a lot for inspiration plus you're actually using it as an actual user rather than just someone who's looking through the app right like you're actually trying to get something out of it yeah but back to your podcast uh, mention I, I figured I'd drop one that I tend to get a lot of uh, information out of uh, startups for the rest of us that's one that I've found has affected many aspects of my business since I started listening to them like three years ago. Um, they're usually short, pretty focused, 20 minutes, single topic, but they are, you know, anything from the very tactical, like how to do an email marketing campaign to how to grow from 10,000 monthly revenue to bigger, um, how to hire your first employee, like all those kind of very interesting, I want to get the perspective of other peers type conversations. Mm. They've been a wonderful resource for my business. Yeah, I, I'm loving all their episodes. Um, and especially as we are considering moving to a SaaS model or just some kind of subscription model, like I feel like there's so much to learn from that as well. Yeah, I tried like this year with the big slopes update, like a lot of what I'm doing is based on what I've learned from them. Um, you know, how to measure churn. I couldn't really measure churn before <laughs> this update that I'm shipping um, unless I just relied on iTunes Connect data. And that right. was terrible. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's there's so much I've changed just more in a SaaS mindset um, that I picked up from them a lot. Jelly, do you listen to any podcasts? No. <laughs> Besides us? <laughs> We're no. the <laughs> I, I always tell my sister, my sister asked me, like, so what's your podcast like or or how's it doing? And then I always say, okay, well, it's Serial, <laughs> S-Town, and then us. <laughs> and then, no, then, then all other podcasts. Yes. <laughs> no, I, 
I, I don't have a tendency to listen to podcasts mostly because I don't really have the time. Yeah. Because 95% of the time I'm editing podcasts and I don't <laughs> listen to pod. I don't have a commute either. This is the problem. Is I don't a have problem. a commute and I can't listen to a podcast where I, I work. I used to get so much done or so much like thinking on a commute and now I have none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've actually stopped for a long time. I would run and listen to podcasts, uh, but I've turned that off now because I realized that that was my best thinking time. Yeah. And mm. I tend to, when I'm, when I'm exercising, I tend to listen, I tend to put TV on because that makes me focus on the fact that I'm watching TV, and then I trick myself into exercising. <laughs> theoretically, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, and one might think that combined with my lack of reading books, I don't pay attention <laughs> a lot to what's going on outside of myself. That's not necessarily true. I've got a bunch of different email new- newsletters that I read um, to kind of try and keep up on things. Usually I like the ones that are there. There are usually ones that kind of collate a bunch of stuff and try and uh, explain it in like a paragraph so that you can kind of pick out what you like. Yeah. And I do, I do, I have a few of those that I, that I get throughout the week. It tends to point me towards things that I might be able to find to kind of improve my practices, but it also kind of tells me what's going on and around the community and what people are kind of where the trends are going because you can kind of you know follow the things that get linked a lot or whatever yeah like something like ios dev weekly you know more from less yeah, from a business exactly. more from a programmer mm. standpoint you know that's yep. something i rely on to keep up with the latest swift trends or irs trends or whatever's going on and i don't necessarily jump on all of them but it's just <laughs> nice to see kind of where things where things are going you know like yeah yeah, I'll yeah. spend like five minutes just clicking through those links every Friday morning just to, you know, read through and see what's being linked to and if there's anything there and I'll instapaper it if it feels like I really have to get back to it. Yeah, and I also feel yeah. like if you just see like something mentioned like enough times, you'll be like, okay, then I have to pay attention because there's yeah. it's coming in. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not difficult if you follow the community in any particular way, whether it be through that sort of newsletter-y type thing or on Twitter or in some other way, you can see trends as they happen if you pay even the slightest amount of attention because everybody will be all uppity about something every every now and then um yeah. you know so it's it's the sort of thing that you can kind of um you can kind of pay attention to for those sort of those sort of kind of trendy stuff there's a there's a couple of podcasts that i um do like for more of like not necessarily learning but um more like big business type or of uh, just inspiration so I really like how I built this. Have you heard of that one? No. I believe it's Guy Raz on NPR. And he, he interviews all like really big names. So Richard Branson, um, the guys from Airbnb, uh, Warby Parker. So it's fun to hear of because their experience spans decades usually. Well, maybe not Airbnb, but, <laughs> but it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of nice to know that they've, fumbled quite a bit and those are such large names Mm. i think the one about whole foods was actually really fascinating because he went through quite a bit before he could get to where he is now um i think one of his uh stores flooded and then some how how do you come back from that (laughs) there's another one i like called a side hustle school (laughs) um i'm always trying to figure out i'm like oh i would rather have like five side hustles than go back to a real job so that's part of my like daydreaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing because it's those are the kind of things that you're not actively learning. Right, like it's not right. a dub dub session yeah. or something like that. But mm. it is something that's very valuable when you're independent. 
like that I you were mentioning, you know, to hear Whole Foods stumble or something like that. Oftentimes we see these personas online and it seems like they have all their stuff together right. and they're not messing up. But having those backstory reminders of like, yeah, you're fumbling all the time and you're trying to figure out your way through it, that that really kind of you're not learning from it, but you are reminding yourself that when you're struggling, that's not a bad thing. That's something that everyone goes through. So it, it, it's kind of a keeping yourself in the loop from a group therapy standpoint. <laughs> maybe. Apparently I need a whole lot of therapy. No. Yeah. yeah. The indie life needs it, to come with free therapists. <laughs> but I mean, so that does bring up like, you know, so obviously I think one big resource for I'd assume the three of us, um, or maybe Yano more in your case, Alice, but uh, Dub Dub, um, the sessions that come out of WWDC, that's definitely a big resource for keeping in the loop yeah. um, and almost required reading, I think, for anyone in the iOS market to just keep up with what Apple keeps changing on us <laughs> every single year. Um, mm. And I'll usually devote you know, that week to just watching a bunch of videos at 2x, skipping through them as fast as I can to try and absorb as much as I can and bookmark stuff for later. That that's definitely one of my larger investments in learning every year is just keeping up with the platform because yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's a lot of work. I mean, one of the things that comes out of Dub Dub as well, and we've mentioned this, like obviously this has been a been a previous topic, but it's it's the talking to other people that are in the same boat as you, you know, the networking aspect that you get at conferences and stuff like that. One of the things that I try to make sure that I do is to keep in touch with other people who are running their own businesses and doing their own yeah. thing. And talk to them when I'm having when I'm having trouble. I can ask their their advice, and you know I will talk to them about the things that the choices that they're making, and try and offer them advice if that's something that they want. Um, but also, just as a general rule, try to kind of understand the stuff that they're going through, so that I can not go through that <laughs> myself. Hopefully, in the future, yeah. You know, so it's a it's a that that sort of that sort of networking that we've talked yeah. about before. That's a huge way of keeping in the loop and being kind of apprised of how things are going. Because, like you said, um, Alice, with like learning about what the bigger companies are going through, you can kind of learn what your peers are going through a little bit as well and apply the lessons that you learn there to your own life. <laughs> and that way, maybe you don't have to learn them like the hard way yourself. Yeah, definitely. Like that's, that's why it's so important to put yourself out there. Do you guys have business mentors or have you actively looked for a business mentor? It's one of those things that I hear all the time. They're like, oh, the, that's going to be the best time investment is looking for a business mentor. <laughs> I couldn't say that I have a mentor or have ever had a mentor. I am very untrusting in that kind of <laughs> respect but that i do have i do have kind of friends that that run their own businesses and i do talk to people um about the th choices that i make and typically if i'm not necessarily feeling very super sure about the direction that i'm going i will approach people and just ask um like people that i know have gone through similar situations or whatever Mentor is a strong relationship and term to kind of deal with. And yeah, I tend to run away from those sort of <laughs> things. But um, that's not to say that they can't be, you know, can't be useful for people. I, I, they're definitely a thing um, that having a specific person that you can go to to ask advice and learn from is hugely beneficial, I would think. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much in your boat, Jelly, where I have a few trusted friends that are also independent and I trust their sense to be 
reasonably good and not full of bullshit. So I, I will, if I'm unsure, you know, talk to them and try and get their opinion on things. Um, I did have someone reach out to me once to be an investor slash mentor. And yeah, I kind of went running because I don't know how to approach that mm. since that is a very serious commitment. And it, it's something like, like you were saying a couple episodes ago, Alice, like you and Yano, like you both hit it off and you could tell you're on the same wavelength and you would be good business partners. And I have a hard time judging that, uh, especially when it's a random stranger yeah. approaching me. So yeah, that's a, that's a scary thing. It's also something you built from the ground up. And you know it inside and out and someone else is trying to just walk in. Yeah, it definitely had a weird smell. Yeah. <laughs> and Yano and I, we've ju- we just started from together. So there's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so as, aside from mentoring, though, there is, um, you know, one popular thing out there are mastermind groups. Um, and I guess that's kind of more of a lightweight mentoring. Have either of you tried that? I haven't. No, not really. I've been approached to be in them, but I tend to turn them down for the, you know, for the for aforementioned trust issues that I have. <laughs> I've heard of them well, in different types of businesses, I guess. Yeah, it's some, I, so I had um, back when I was doing more consulting, I guess this was about three years ago, I tried uh, double your freelance rate. And it was a I think I was the one of the first groups through the course and it was an online course. And it was interesting, you know, got some good stuff out of it, very much consulting focused, but they also had, they paired us off into mastermind groups as a byproduct for that. And I think that's where I kind of saw the glimmer of what a mastermind group could be, but it didn't quite work out. Mm. I feel like mastermind, you have to have the right people in the group for it to work. Yeah, it's just the same. You know, it's the same as a mentor relationship. You need to have the people in the group be of actual benefit to you and for you to be of benefit to the like your lessons to be of benefit to them. That seems like a very difficult thing to find the right balance. Yeah. Because it because everyone's going in there looking for something. You're not necessarily looking to mentor anyone else, right? You you're looking for someone else's help. So how do you that seems like a difficult well, it's, problem. Well, I think solved. the idea is like if if like Jelly and I with our trusted friends, like if we had a mentor group with those trusted friends every week, that's kind of the ideal oh, situation where I it's see. not necessarily that they can solve all your problems, but that you have a soundboard and you have people to hold you accountable yeah. on a weekly basis. I think that's the ideal goal. And the part where my mentor group kind of fell apart was I think half the people there were kind of more for like the social check-in type of thing versus the really true like holding people accountable and really deep diving on problems and it just you know that i don't think the mix was quite there but it's something that i keep wanting to get into at some point like i see some people who've gotten into like the right groups basically that you know like you and yano again like you (laughs) find the right partners um and it's something that i feel like that could be a really good resource for helping to kind of pull in ideas for how to improve my business from elsewhere and kind of have those gut checks to learn from but i haven't found the right group yet yeah i mean i would love to, i would love to have a group that to keep me accountable my struggle ha- with the mental relationship and also like these sort of groups has always been that i don't know how much i've got to uh, contribute 
and without you know actually seeing who I'm going to be kind of paired up with or whatever, it, it's it can be difficult to determine whether or not that's going to be of any benefit to me. And so therefore, yeah. when when those when those groups do work and when that relationship does work, it can be of huge benefit. Mm-hmm. But the biggest problem with them is with, with the relationships, those sort of relationships, and why I t- tend to try and run, I tend to run away from them, is because the other side of that can also be true. Um, if you don't find the right one, or if they are not, they're not looking out for your best interest. That they can be kind of detrimental as well. Yeah. If nothing else, they're just a time sink. Yeah. At 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 the least worst, you lose time. Uh, at the kind of worst case scenario, they can give you bad advice and can send you down paths that you don't want to go down. I mean, you know, to an extent, you make your own choices and stuff like that. But you know, if you're if you're in a group that you're relying on them to kind of help you kind of make decisions, then you kind of want those people to kind of know what they're talking about a little bit, I guess. <laughs> kind of makes me think of like how I read the book and I didn't know exactly how to apply it to my specific problems. I think it's just yeah. everyone is built so differently and my product is has a very different target market than say gift wrapped and slopes. So it's, I mean, not that I don't trust you. I just, it's, I have to make sure that that type of advice works for this um, market. Right. Yeah, definitely. Right. And it's not to say that that can't be the case. If the three of us were in a group together, our different apps are very different. But the things that we talk about on this show do kind of um, fill in that sort of, you know, what we're talking about. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about things that we're learning from, you know, from our own experiences and applying them and we're finding the common ground there. And right, you do tend right. to find that. Um, you can you can find that. Like, that's totally possible. I can find things in common with both of you, as it turns out, because underneath the products that we're creating, you know, we have to run a business and a business businesses are generally relatively close to being the same. Yeah. It depends on how much you want to have that relationship affect your not only the the business but you might want somebody that is also like into code and stuff like that or you know doing marketing or doing whatever your kind of your approach is to your product the more alike your products are the more that you're going to be able to get out of it but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to get out anything out of yeah, like Alice, your your idea of sending those custom made posters for a language to some of your best users, like that's a genius idea that is being applied in your case to a language app, but could easily be applied to slopes. And it's something I want to do at some point. Like that's it it's something that like you're saying, Jelly, like our apps were still consumer facing apps. Right. So there are a lot of similarities, despite the fact that some tactical things might be different. But overall, we're still a customer facing business. And that means there will be a ton of overlap regardless. That's true. So were there any kind of like I was saying that I had done uh, back when I was more consulting focused, WO Freelance, are there any investments that you two have made that were that was a course that cost me, you know, some small chunk of change, nothing crazy, but it was definitely an investment. Is there anything that you two have tried for more of a finding a resource to pay and learn from to improve your business? Besides attending conferences, I think that's an obvious one. (laughs) Yeah. I've actually, um, before I started reading the books, I actually just uh, went through a couple Udemy courses. Mm -hmm. Um, As I'm trying to transition from a complete indie to maybe joining the the real workforce, you know, where you have to actually go in an office. But there's a lot of things that in my experience, work experience, 
previous work experience, I just never really learned. So I've always been a developer in a small room where there's a, you know, where there's, there was not a cross-functional team. I would love mm -hmm. to actually be a part of a cross-functional team, but now I have to learn what that means. And so I've taken uh, a few Udemy courses on like Agile and all that stuff to try to understand the different roles. Okay. Honestly, I've just never been in a company that had those types of teams. So, and I think that, I mean, there, yeah. I think I paid maybe $10 or $20 for a course just to, I just needed a quick overview and I thought it was worth my, my money. Yeah. As far as cost goes, I don't necessarily have any that I've actually paid, you know, cash money for. So you pirated all your knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> no, Turn it no off. that is Turn not what off. I'm saying at all. I don't know you. <laughs> Yar.gif. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I would, I would count my costs as opportunity costs, I guess. Um, some of the, some of the time that I've spent in like my full-time jobs have, um, been very beneficial watching other people see how they work and that sort of thing. You know, I've, I've worked everywhere from, you know, public service to like small boutique design studios. I've done, um, I've done like in-house consulting for companies and watching and seeing how they work and how they apply stuff and learning from their code and stuff like that. All of that stuff that I do outside of GIF wrapped and outside of my projects, I try to apply that to my own life. And that's, that tends to be how I've learned things. I learn by watching other people doing their stuff uh, more so than like sitting down and investing time into a course or anything like that. <laughs> I'm, but that that's mostly because I'm, I'm a terrible person. No, I actually would say <laughs> that's, I'm that type of learner. I, I don't do well with these courses, but I just don't have a choice at the moment. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I'm just trying to actively learn, which is really hard for me. <laughs> I'm a poor student. Well, one thing I'll drop um, kind of on the idea of copying from other people. Um, one thing I've been liking to do is uh, I think I got the idea back. There's this uh, one web app I think we've mentioned in the past, uh, Cushion.io, for freelancers to track their time online. And one thing that I like that uh, the gentleman running it has done is he has a web page where he lists out all of his costs associated with running that app. Got like a graph and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Burn over time. Like hmm. he's showing when he's hiring employees, everything. Um, but one of the reasons that initially got me to look at that was he was just blatantly listing out his tech stack like what he was using to run that app, how much it was costing, stuff like that. And that then further led me to, I think it's a website, um, stackshare.io, where you can see what tech stacks a bunch of companies are using. Um, and I found that very interesting when I'm trying to research like, okay, I need something like Redis for a caching mechanism for my PHP backend. Is Redis the current popular, you know, is this one I should look at? Are there alternatives? And it's a quick way for me to go out there and kind of see the trends in the community for filling a specific role in my tech yeah. stack and figuring yeah. out at least which ones I should do some kind of competitive analysis mm -hmm. on. You know, sometimes I'll just go with a popular one, but, you know, sometimes I'll see, okay, there are three or four that do this role very well. And then I can just start to try and understand those. At least that way I kind of have a starting point for where to research. Mm. And I've liked that a lot as a way to kind of figure out where to go. And that might apply more to backend stuff. Um, cause I think that stack is a lot more complicated than the iOS stack aside from CocoaPods. Yeah. I mean, like if you can, if you can learn what other people are using and that sort of stuff, I mean, that kind of plays into the, like the trends and stuff like that, that we talked yeah. about yeah. earlier. 
newsletters like iOS Dev Weekly have, like they tend to provide you with suggestions as far as things you can be using for various, you know, tools within your, you know, various tasks within your product. Um, some of the smaller conferences, they tend to have people come along and do presentations of a thing. One thing that I started using recently because of that is Buddy Build. It's a, mm, like yeah. a continuous integration thing. And it's just like, you know, finding those sort of things, trying them out, not being afraid to mess it up. You know, you can kind of have a bit of a play with things and try and learn that way. The, yeah, I, that tends to be my approach to like, you know, bringing that sort of stuff in, reading the occasional book, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. It's really tough. I tend to, mm. um, fall asleep <laughs> i think i have a bad habit of trying to read at night and i'm just like i'm just pretty much knocking out i mean that's not necessarily a bad habit you, you know that that whole thing of like your brain works overnight with whatever whatever you kind of feed it last it will continue working overnight <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah so you just kind of you're kind of mulling on it <laughs> yeah well so how are you finding time to learn i know jelly is saying you were saying that you're just you like to learn on the job or on <laughs> while you're doing something. But where how do you find time for like podcasts and even the courses? I've for the courses I've had to sit down and carve carve out time and be like, "All right, you better at least finish it today." Um, but for everything else, like how do you where do you find the time to listen? Cuz I can't do it. I personally can't do it when I'm working cuz I have to feel like I'm concentrating on too many things. Oh yeah, I can't either. It's not music or stranger things in the background. <laughs> I can't say that I, like, obviously I, I, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts or read any books, but I like even learning, like learning by doing is time intensive. The fact of the matter is if you want to learn things, regardless of where you're learning from, you need to just take the time. You need to like some of the, sometimes working on your product and just working on the thing that you're doing, that is not conducive to actually doing things properly. You need to step away. You need yeah. to take time out of that schedule to learn new things and learn new techniques and learn, you know, the the stuff that you need to, that you don't necessarily even know that you need to make your business better. I, I make sure that like I, I take a little bit of time each week to try out new things and to try new stuff and to take time away from gift wrapped, not only because it means that I'm not spending, like it means that I'm learning things, but it also like just spending time walking the cat because I don't have a dog. Um, that that <laughs> can leash. be, you know, that can be good for like reflecting on the yeah. stuff that you're going through and kind of, you know, and trying to apply it. So it's the sort of thing that you just have to, you just have to take that time. It's it like, and you have to kind of, kind of carve that out of whatever your, whatever you know, your, your actual, your actual work. Well, it becomes part of your work when you're indie. Yeah, like that yeah, just has yeah. to be part of your workday because you can't stagnate. It's you can't. Yeah, you got to, you got to, you got to seek it out. You've got to actually go looking for it. You can't just expect that by continuing to do the same thing that you'll get anywhere new. <laughs> Unless you've made it, in which case you're probably not listening to this podcast and you can ignore all this advice. Yes, exactly. if you've made it, you probably you don't. Just care. keep doing what you're doing. You're not working on independence. <laughs> you're working on swimming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Uncle Scrooge. What's his name? Yeah, Uncle, Uncle Scrooge, Scrooge, Scrooge in his money bin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like everybody but Jelly has a bunch of resources <laughs> that we can potentially oh, share on. with the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he mentioned iOS Weekly, right? <laughs> or iOS Dev. That was me. To be, uh, to be fair, <laughs> Curtis mentioned it first. Oh, sorry. I was trying to throw you a bone here. <laughs> 
Mine is all learning by life. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. Sh- I'm gonna link life in the show notes. How about that? <laughs> What's the URL to that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but if you would like to uh, check out some of the resources that we mentioned, except jellies, um, you can check out our show notes. You can get in touch with us at hello at independence.fm or independence.fm slash contact. You can always reach me at eat a duck I must on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I am at parrots on Twitter. That's the plural of the bird. And I am jelly bean soup. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again in two weeks. Goodbye.